You're listening to Nats Talk on the Go, the longest-running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Boy, it's nice to be back with you uh, talking about baseball and occasionally soccer, Craig. Welcome back. <laughs> nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so it's so good. I, I feel home now. It, it, it it's very nice. It's very comfortable. It's very good. Yeah, back in back in that little that little honey spot right there. Exactly. Exactly. Back in the comfort zone. That's right. Um, finding that happy place. All right, snowflake. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Um. So we have. I'm going to preface the show by saying we got so many questions. So uh, we're going to do the best that we can to get through a bunch of them, but we are definitely not going to be able to get through all of them because we have a bunch of other things to talk about as well, which is going to be great. Um, so we've hit the all-star break for 2017. Um, 52 and 36. Yeah, 52 and 36. It's a pretty uh, – it's a good run. Do you, do you know offhand? I have no idea where that fits in like the pantheon of, of history for the team. I'd say it's pretty good. I want to say that first year was somewhere around this. Yeah, I was going to say half. it had to be, right? They were way over 500. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly where it fits, but I'm pretty sure it might be. It's definitely top three might be the best season the Nets have had. Yeah, and I think that when you look at the at least the offensive product on the field and just general consistency of performance – um, I think there's an argument to be made through 88 games that, you know, we're looking at the best team the Nationals have had, despite the obvious flaws. Yes, which I mean, we will get into in spades. Yeah, absolutely. But I think, uh, what do you think about that? I, I think we t- I talked about this on Twitter a few weeks back, but, um, you know, the 2012 team came, came out of nowhere and was just amazing. The 2014 team was incredibly good. The 2016 team was amazing. But I think, what do you think about the product on the field this year as far as ranked of, like, you know, since the Nationals became, I don't want to use the word dynasty, but since the Nationals have become a regular competitor, you know, in 2012, what do you, where do you put 2017 through this point? I'd say this team seems better. Uh, There are a lot of very good things going on with the ball club. Uh, a lot of incredible individual performances that have really added up, um, especially when you consider um, the gaps we've we're going to be discussing and the injuries, which we will also be discussing. Absolutely, I mean, you can't talk about you take, one without the other. Yeah, when you take all of that into account, I mean, you've had, you have five regulars in the lineup, and literally everything else has changed. I sent a tweet out the other night uh, when the Nationals were getting spanked by the Braves, uh, where it was like, okay, well, we're on our, like, fourth-string center fielder, fifth-string left fielder, uh, second and actually third-string shortstop. And, I mean, these are massively important positions. When you're dealing with up-the-middle positions with center and short, I mean, and you're on fourth- and fifth-string players, and you're still 52-36, and I mean, nine-and-a-half games up in the division – 
that's incredible. Yeah, and like you said, the shortstop in center field, I mean, it's not a joke. They're the, they're the captains of the infield and outfield. That's what they, they run the show out there. They're the ones that get presidents to call, call off balls and they can, you know, they're, they're talking to, well, the shortstop's coming in and talking to the pitcher and they're kind of figuring out all that. Like they are captains of their respective sections of the field. And so, like you said, when you lose two of those and you're, you're dealing with, like you said, second, third, fourth string guys playing there. So, yeah, I mean, we, we lost uh, the pleasure of watching Adam Eaton after two weeks into the season, yeah. a month into the I think it was a month into the season. Yeah. Um, and then Michael A. Taylor came in and has done a very admirable job. He's done a fantastic job. He's been amazing. Say. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's gone down. Yeah. So you're looking at the replacement's replacement slash replacement. <laughs> right. So that's uh, incredible that they've still not they've not completely fallen apart with the two table setters of the lineup in Adam Eaton and Trey Turner both being out right for an extended period of time. Yeah, when basically every night you don't know on a team that has one of the best offenses in Major League Baseball, you don't know what one and two are going to be in your lineup, and you're still that good. And that's that's saying something. I mean, it's really incredible. Um, so you sh- that should not be lost in the whole process. And the thing that I think, looking at 2017 versus any of the other years since 2012, is just there. It's there's they're not you know one run uh, wins that they're eking out and getting lucky. They're not they're not streaky. It's consistently gangbusters offense. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Yes, there are occasional shutouts and occasional one-run games because it's majorly... Had, there's it, been one... Has one shutout? Uh, yeah, two. There, yeah, last night was a shutout, wasn't it? Or no, they scored four runs yesterday, right? I can't remember. I don't remember. Uh, but there's been one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, all season long through 88 games. That's crazy. And the, I can remember many games in which double-digit runs were scored. You know, so I think... I mean, Joe have, Ross alone has had 13 starts, eight of them... The team has scored ten or more runs. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. You don't get that kind of consistent performance at the major major league level, um, even at like Coors Field, let alone <laughs> in DC. So it's an incredibly good offense, despite the you know very as you alluded to numerous injuries. Um, there's obviously a, a, a glaring hole in the team, and what people a lot of people are thinking is a cru- crucial. Um, hole in the success of the team going forward, which is obviously the bullpen. I mean... Oh, boy. Yeah. So, injuries or bullpen first, I guess, is the question. Um, let's... I guess we're... You, you let us right into it. Let's, yeah. let's go... Let's dig into the bullpen. Yeah, I feel like we have um, to. Yeah. It's the... the. I mean, it's not even an elephant. It's like a freaking di- diplodocus in, <laughs> nice. the room, in the room. It is a... Bron- it's a brontosaurus in the room. Yeah. It's It's insane. Um, what's there to say? They're really, really not good. Um, yeah. Well, they... let's, let's, let's say from the beginning, you know, you looked at the team, the, the bullpen that the Nationals put together and came into the season with, you looked at it and said, this is going to be fine. Yeah. Not great, but not good. The, They'll when, be passable. Exactly. And when you're going into a season with knowing, hoping for passable, it doesn't take a lot to get you to bad. 
Right. You know, and, and I think that is ultimately the, the biggest criticism to put on the bullpen. And, you know, there, there's, I'm sure, blame to go around, and we'll talk about that. But um, when you're going in hoping for passable, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> Almost every time. Yeah. Um, and the, the domino effect, the ripple effect on the rest of the team, uh, especially the starting pitchers, uh, hoping it doesn't hurt too much right down the stretch. Because your starters are getting more yeah. innings. I mean, uh, Strasburg... You're routinely seeing 110-plus pitches. It was, I mean, Stra- Strasburg and, um, and Scherzer just in the last week have both gone into the hundreds, more than 100, well, more than 100 pitches. Gio Gonzalez is yeah. going more than 100. He, Gio left the game at like 117 pitches or something the other night. I mean, it's like... He's throwing a ton of pitches. Uh, and I mean, Gio Gonzalez, uh, that's obviously in the sixth inning, it's Gio Gonzalez. But still, you yeah. know, he's being pushed beyond what's comfortable. Um, and that's, that costs you something in October. You know, that, that costs you uh, freshness and efficiency in October. It doesn't matter how early you can wrap up a division. You know, you're, the damage is done. You're not recovering in a week of rest at the end of the season. Um, to get into the get into the postseason, so that's something that I think that you kind of nailed. It's not just that when the bullpen comes in, they are bad. It's that because they are bad, Dusty Baker is not calling on the bullpen when he probably should. And I'm not saying that I'm blaming Dusty Baker. What is he supposed to do? He's his he's supposed to win games, and he has no one in the bullpen he could trust to do that. Yeah, and another very crucial and important thing for this Nationals bullpen is also injuries. Yeah, for sure. Which we're going to get to. The Nationals uh, closer to start the season, Blake Trinan, has been the most frustrating pitcher in Nats Town since Henry Rodriguez. That's ridiculous. Yeah, No question. Uh, times of sheer dominance and just times of n- nuclelouche, like Beginning of Boulder. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Or, just that's the thing. Like the number of times there's a, a a great Twitter account out now. If you're not following, you should. I think it's Pitching Ninja. Is that who it is? I'll, I'll yes. look. Um, he's posted some great gifts uh, this year of uh, pitch movement. Um, and the number of I don't know where he is if he's in if he's DC based or not, but. Um, the number of times it's been Nationals pitchers and specifically B- Blake Trinan's uh, fastball slash sinker at like 99 miles an hour with the, with changeup like movement, devastating. And I mean it's unreal. And you look at it and you go, "How the fuck is he this bad?" Like yeah. it just you it doesn't make sense. And it, like you said, it's so frustrating. Um, it's it's just very frust- frustrating so- to have to sit and watch. He had massive just incompetence, needed some time, some seasoning, still needs to not ever pitch in the ninth inning. Yeah. He um, can't handle it, and then obviously. Sean Kelly, injury. Coda Glover, injury. Sammy Solis, injury. And before Sean and let's let's just be before Sean Kelly got injured, he was also not very good. Right. So it's so not he, like he was like he was he killing might, it, but Coda was. Coda was he amazing. He might have actually been injured though. That's What's the that? thing. Um, Kelly, you're so, saying might have actually been injured. What? Yeah, Kelly. Yeah, exactly. You you may very well be right. So that's four uh, key, very key pieces of the Nationals bullpen that disappeared. Yeah. 
So you're going from your top two of your top three pitchers in Coda and Sean Kelly, and then Sandy Solis, he was supposed to be a very essential piece to the bullpen. Oh, yeah, like seventh inning guy plus left-handed spot stuff. Yeah, so probably number four overall pitcher for the bullpen. Yeah, for sure. So there's your top four guys, all ineffective slash injured. And and if you're not getting the year out of uh, Matt Albers that you're getting right now, who knows what's happening? Matt Albers is just having like a flash in the pan good year. Um, now he's he had a bad last year, but he's had some good years in relief. Not great, but good years in relief. But you you weren't expecting Matt Albers to have a sub two ERA at the All Star break and kind of be your de facto. I don't have a choice closer. You know that's not really where you expected to be at this point with this. Yeah, team. that's not that's not how you drew it up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You just if you look at um, the I, I'm, I'm sitting and looking at fan graphs now, and there are 12, 12 qualified relievers for the Nationals. How many do you think have sub four ERAs? Uh, one, two. Nice. Albers and any. Ah, uh, yes, any. Yeah, who's Who been fine? in nicely. Yes, he's been fine. He again, he has no control, yeah. but um, when he does have control, control, it's very good. No command. Yeah, at all. He doesn't yeah. know where he's throwing it, but he throws 101, so... Yeah, you know, that's pretty neat. It's one of those. Um, um, yeah, so we, I know we got a question about, is the bullpen really this bad? The answer is absolutely yes. They are definitely this bad. They are incredibly bad. Um, uh, I, you're on fan graphs. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, just go to the leaders, team stats. Relators. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm on it. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Nationals are dead last in war. That is correct. Zero point, or negative 0.9. That's correct. Uh, dead last in ERA. I, I mean, I would have to imagine. That's correct. Yep. Uh, second to last in FIP. That is also correct. And I'm pretty sure number one by a long shot in homers per nine. Uh, yep. Well, yep. I wouldn't say a long shot. They're, they eclipse the Tigers by a tenth of a run per nine. That's a lot. Yeah, you're right. It's a lot. That's, I mean, we're talking about 1.64 homers per nine wow, versus 1.54. You are nailing every number. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really yes, bad. They are that bad. Yep. Um, Their it, expected FIP isn't as bad, isn't the worst in baseball, but it very well could be. And I mean, it's the, it's the worst in the National League. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's good. It's really bad. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yep, the, wor- the worst in the National League, 461. Four, I was going to say 461. Yeah. So um, that, it's this is not a you know there's there sure there sh, there sure is some level of underperformance right like th- there is some underperformance Sammy Solis like you said comes to mind uh, in mind in that situation trying and obviously uh, at least a little bit but Ali Perez Ali Perez for sure Joe Blanton who was a dominant reliever last Joe year Blanton was like a, a contender to be an eighth inning setup guy. <laughs> And yeah. he's been terrible. He's he's been better over the last like week, but other yeah. than that, he's been terrible. So, like you said, I completely agree with you. Uh, they are this bad. And um, the one thing I w- that I want to say about this, people keep on saying, like, yeah, they get, they got to go out and get a closer. I don't agree. They need like 
four relievers. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they, the solution isn't going out and, like, getting Kenley Jansen. Like, that is not the if, solution. If that, you can get someone who is a closer, that's great. Right. But go out and find two to four relievers who are not bad. I the mean, problem is your starter goes out there, gives up three runs over, or your, you know, three runs over six, three runs over seven. Nationals have a three-four run lead, and all of a sudden, without getting any outs, the bullpen has made it a one-run game. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, and it happens not infrequently. And uh, I mean, you can bank on the. T- it's lucky that the offense is this good because you could bank on when the starter leaves, you better have a two to three-run buffer at, at minimum, because you know runs are being given up in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. You just know it. So, and that's a bad place to be. I mean, you can't, and I think that it's not totally unfair of people to say, like, this is a huge issue for the team and they can't win in the postseason because in October, you're not scoring 12 runs anywhere in the U.S. <laughs> during the postseason. You're not scoring 12 runs. So, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. What's that? That'd be pretty cool. It would be great, but it doesn't happen because you're facing better talent. It's the postseason, and people are playing up for it. And in most of the places you're playing, it's cooler, so the ball's not traveling. So and the Nationals are kind of in the worst division in baseball. Right. And that, I mean, that's another totally valid point. Yeah, they're up nine and a half games um, and have as much as a, of a lock as you could have in July on the division. You know, it's, the other teams are, not, are also they're, they're just bad. But... It's it's concerning to look into, but what you hear is like from a lot of people is we need to get a closer, and the the Nationals are not a closer short of having a good bullpen. You could have uh, the best closer in baseball, and they would still have a bad bullpen. And and that's the thing that you have to be very wary of is saying like, oh yeah, just go out and spend a bunch of money on a closer. I would rather go out and spend the same amount of money on three good relievers, yes, than on a closer because. You're not going to be now again going looking ahead in the postseason. You're going to have theoretically a starter in the bullpen. However, the Joe Ross can't stay healthy. Go ahead and say it, Joe. Go ahead. What? Joe Ross in the bullpen. Go ahead. But he can't stay healthy. So you know, Joe Ross when he's healthy and is able to throw 96 miles an hour with movement, Joe Ross should be your closer or a late inning reliever. But and Tanner Roark has been terrible. So can you trust Tanner Roark to, to pitch in relief at this point in the season? I wouldn't say so. So there's a lot of things that need to happen. So as good as the team is, and they are truly one of the best teams in baseball despite this issue, it's a big issue. It's a yeah. huge gargantuan issue, and it's not just a closer. No. Uh, this is, and this is the time to make it happen. Yeah. This is, we're finally into July uh, there's going to be some trades probably right after the All-Star break. Yeah. Uh, just starting to get things done. Uh, everyone knows what the Nationals need. Everyone knows who the Nationals have. The problem the team has, though, yep. is the farm, while good, is very lopsided. Right. It's very empty in the middle. Yeah, so there's, yeah, there's there is in, top a few top-level, top, top 100 prospects. Are, are huge, great prospects. Yep. And then below that, 
it's like there's nothing. <laughs> it's like barren. Yeah, there is nothing at all. Um, so, which which is a big issue, and it's not a position that the Nationals are used to being in. They're used to having just you know a bank of prospects that you could trade when, to get the guy that you need to get. Um, and so, I, I it's an interesting conundrum. I think that in order to, I, I can think of three guys that will certainly be asked about a lot. And oh, one yeah. and one of those guys has, is an off limits guy from everything we've been told about, and the other guy is a major league starter right now. Yeah. So, do you have a few guys that you think are going to be, you know, possible pieces, even if the Nationals won't move them to try to get some relief? Uh, wait. Who who are the pieces? Yeah. Like who who are pieces that you think the Nationals will be looking at? To will be asked about e- whether or not that they will be willing to move them, like oh, kind of it's... kind of legitimate possibilities, but not you know we're not talking about like oh Bryce Harper or something. But... No, it's uh, it's obviously Robles. Yep, it's Soto, it's Severino, it's Fetty, it's Kaboom, Kaboom. Yep. Yeah, I think younger younger Kaboom. Yeah, so mine are are, are Soto huh. and um and uh, and Robles as well, obviously, yeah. but um. I think I don't think that there's any way that the Nationals are going to be able to make a move to get something like they want without trading like Brian Goodwin. Yeah, and I think that's probably a fine deal. And the problem with that is though, if Taylor's not back, you're screwed. Yeah. Like that's the problem right now. Brian Goodwin plays passable-ish center field. Ish. You yeah. trade Brian Goodwin and Mike Lee Taylor's got an oblique injury. Oblique yeah, injuries take, a while. take time. He's not yeah, coming the, back from that in 10 days. Yeah, the problem with obliques are that you can't do anything until you're sure, more than sure, that it's healed. You have to feel 100% and then wait a week and a half. Yeah, that's <laughs> I mean, pretty much right. I mean, that's, that's the issue. And so Jason Wirth should be back here fairly soon, which will be great. You have, you, then you have Bryce Harper. Who plays center field if you get rid of... Goodwin and Taylor's not back. Yeah, it's going to be Bryce Harper. <laughs> it, it has to be Bryce Harper. So then you put Heisey in right? Yeah. I mean, or, I mean, it's just bad. It's, yeah. it, it's a bad look to think about Goodwin moving. And that's a, you know, speaks positively of Goodwin because he's had an amazing year. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's been great. He's been awesome. Um, just about every player that has had to fill in for an extended period of time has done very well. Yep. Yeah, you just you have to get Adam Lind out of your outfield like yesterday. Oh god. It's just it's I remember so on bad. our preseason podcast it was like if Adam Lind is playing in left field at all, we're going to have we're going to be in in trouble. Yeah, and Adam Lind's been playing in left field and we've had a little bit of trouble. I mean, yeah. he had, he had a right terrible day field. on Saturday uh in left field. I mean, he's just been he's just very bad uh defensively. His bat's great. Yes. Yeah, but, it's it's a it's a problem that there's not a lot of solutions for, not a lot of clear solutions for. Yeah, uh, especially in baseball when you can't trade draft picks, right? Uh, which would this, be nice. That would be a thing that the that that Rizzo would consider doing. I guarantee this year because he's got no other good options. Yeah, um, you you might look at a situation where a first round pick got moved to try to get some sort of relief. 
Yeah. Um, Do you see any value to Francisco Rodriguez signing? I I would be shocked if he does not appear in the Nationals bullpen at some point this year. I would be as well. Yeah, I would be. He's not going to close. Like the people that were upset, like, oh, this is who you signed as your closer. That is not why he was signed. He no. He was signed to be a stopgap and yeah. nothing more. Yeah, um, I, I I don't want to see him in DC. Um, I would rather he not for, come to DC for, for, for a lot of reasons. reasons. Yeah, but I would be shocked if he doesn't at some point because they have no other options. Yeah, um, it's pretty much like next. The next, the next, next guy. The next guy that gets hurt in the bullpen, it almost has to be him. Yeah. There's no one else. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a it's a huge issue. Um, because, the, like you said, it just speaks to the depth issue. It just speaks to that problem. Well, is, is Taylor Jordan back from Tommy John surgery yet? I don't know. I don't think he is. Taylor Hill he's is. Prob- Taylor he's Hill's good. For though. a second Tommy John, or third or fourth Tommy John by this point. Yeah, you might see Taylor Hill at some point. Um in the in the bullpen, but other than that, I mean, you just don't have a lot of good options out there. It's it's so I would be surprised not to see K Rod out there at some point. Yeah, um, no question. So uh, injuries, 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 more injuries. Uh, we kind of just went seamlessly from bullpen to more injuries. Yeah, I so, mean, it, it, on Sunday's game, you had a Joe Ross leave after throwing an eighty-six mile an hour fastball with some sort of triceps issue, and had an MRI the same day. And so can we talk about how not good that is? Yeah, that's probably not good. Usually, you know, with MRIs, they don't give MRIs unless they're concerned about something. You'll have guys that have, like, injuries and that are on the disabled list that never have an MRI. Um, because they're like, oh, well, I'm, I, we don't really need to know that he's hurt and all that kind of stuff. Ross left a game and got an MRI in his arm and a muscle that's near his elbow. Yeah. It's not good um, at all. So... Got to have good hopes for, for Ross. But um, with as low as his velocity has been, you have to wonder if there's been something going on there more for, for longer than it seems. And there was, you know, he hit the DL with the, um, with the shoulder thing, with the arms. Got to wonder if that's all tied together. So you got to be worried about that. Yeah, no question. And that's just another one added to the laundry list of injuries. Yeah. The Nationals have had Trey Turner down. Obviously, yep. Adam Eaton down. Yep. Jason Worth still down. Yep. It's um, it's rough. I I I'm, I hate to go there, but we still don't actually know that Strasburg is okay. I mean, the the Nationals uh, aren't typically very forthright with that kind of thing. Um, so it's hard to know, and we won't know until we see him appear in a game. But he got hit in that hip good and left the game. Yeah. Um, so you, that's something you've got to be worried about as well. Um, there's just a lot of a lot of injury concerns that you know. There's luckily, as we've said, the the three through six in the Nationals lineup is the best in baseball. Yeah, and so that masks a lot. But if this trend continues, it can't mask it forever. You know, yeah, you've got three all-stars and then Anthony Rendon, who leads all Major League Baseball third baseman in war, yeah. is tied for second in the National League in war and is fifth in baseball in war. In war, yep. yep. On it. I yep. got my numbers, man. Yeah, I'm, I I'm impressed. I all in the noodle today. I like it. Yeah. Um, uh, Not I, an all-star. 
it, it, he, he's not an all-star, which, you know, is that's the nature of the all-star process. It's not the best people. It's a popularity contest. Um, that's kind of the whole point um, of, of the all-star game, which you could think about it what you want. Another guy that might be, that should probably be an all-star that isn't is Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez, no question. And it's kind of a, a kick in the in the groin to him because he's a Miami guy, and it's in Miami, and he really wanted to make that all-star team, and he, quite frankly, pitched well enough to make that all-star team. And well, maybe didn't. Strasburg bows out, and Gio slides right in. Yeah, I mean, if if any Nationals player bows out, you would have it would it will either be Rendon or Gio, um, and it probably depends on if it's a pitcher or a or a you know a position player, obviously, but. Um, yeah, it's a the Nationals could have easily had seven All Stars this year, easily. There's yeah, no, which is fantastic. No and it's really nice to see Nationals players winning fan votes. <laughs> yeah, the you know Harper winning a fan vote, great. Uh, Murphy didn't surprise me necessarily because and because he was so good in sixteen after the performance in fifteen. Yeah, and he's, he's still beloved in New York. Exactly. And he's still and he's been doing it over enough years now that he's a name that people know. They know he, he hits. But uh, Ryan Zimmerman beating Rizzo shocks me. That I, was incredible. Yeah. I am really surprised. Uh that because it's Cubs fans. I mean yeah. and Anthony Rizzo's not even having a very good year, but he's Anthony Rizzo. So yeah. you know, and he plays for the Cubs. But um yeah, Ryan Zimmerman. And great for him, he deserves to be an all-star. We yeah, gotta, his we, first half performance has been fantastic, even if it has fallen off a little bit as uh, of late. Quite a bit, and we have a, actually have a question about that. So we'll, Oh, good. There we'll, we, go. we, we will hit that. Um, so, uh, you know, the all-star game coming up this week, we should talk about that a little bit um, while, we're okay. on, while we're on these guys. You know, uh, there's one thing, you know, to look at with the all-star game that you have to go, yay, there's a good thing. And I know it's like Craig's favorite thing about this year's all-star game. So, Oh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, it, it doesn't count. This is just a, it doesn't a, mean anything. It, it's just fun, which, which is what it should be, which is an all-star game. It's what makes the NHL all-star game fun. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it is an exhibition. Yeah. You're, go out there and throw gopher balls. No one cares. Exactly. It doesn't make a difference. Um, and so it's really cool um, that, that that changed because that's what, what it should be. The team with the best record in baseball, the team with the best record in the World Series should have home field advantage. That's just how it should be. Absolutely. The, the, there was, bef- before that, there was literally no incentive to having the best record in baseball in there's none at all. Yeah, all you had to do was win your division. To, it didn't matter. Didn't before it counted? Didn't they alternate? What do you mean? Didn't they alternate who got home field advantage every other year? Oh, for the All Star game, you mean? No, no, no. For the World In Series. The World Series. I thought the World Series. It was. Uh, I thought it was best record. I always thought they alternated. Can someone yeah, listening? No kidding. Uh, let us know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they went back and forth, which was just also dumb. Yeah, that's also stupid. Like, <laughs> that's also ridiculous. So it, 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 they did change it to best record, right? This year, yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Um, and that, that's, that's the way that it should be. That's the way it is in every other sport. <laughs> yeah. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's, it incentivizes you to play the best you can during your season. That's, otherwise, what's the point in the season? You just run up the score. On some bamas. Exactly. Um, so, you know, other than that, I, I do this every year, and I'm not going to make it as ranty this year as I have in previous years, but um, 
the all-star game is a popularity contest. The whole point is not to um, pick the best players. It's to pick popular players, just like the point of Major League Baseball is to replay is not actually to get the calls right, as we've talked about. It's to make it look like they're doing something and create additional spectacle. Otherwise, they would be having robot umpires and all the other things. You know, it's it's a whole different thing, and it drives me crazy because it these guys... it. it it determines their salary if they make the All-Star game or not. It's, it's part of arbitration negotiations. It's part of all of these things. And so you're relying on fan vote to determine what kind of living that they're going to make on their next contract. And that just drives me crazy. I'm not, you know, these guys make tens of millions of dollars, some of them a year. Um, but it's still, you know, it, it's relying on fans in a popularity contest to determine, you know, $100,000 of money or more in the next contract negotiation per year. And it's just, it drives me crazy. Um, it should be, it, it, there should be another way to do it. But uh, I'm more excited about the All-Star game this year. And it's not just because um, the Nationals have three players starting and potentially uh, a fourth in Max Scherzer. Right. Um, so I'm excited for that, obviously. But, I'm looking forward to getting back to the the more fun parts of the All-Star game, you know, from you and I's childhood, you know, Randy Johnson throwing behind John Cruck, who put his helmet on backwards. Right. And you that's know. how it's supposed to be that way. Like, like when you watch the NBA All-Star game and, you know, it's the, the score inevitably ends up being 160 to 143 because no one plays defense and you know they're they're moving out of the way for alley oops and it, it should be that way you'll you know somebody that doesn't throw a knuckleball throws a knuckleball or you know some a, an ethos pitch to someone or you know it, it should be more fun like that um it's more fun for the players it's more fun for the fans and it makes it a fun thing i never watched the all-star game but i'm probably going to watch this year because you know it, it's it's different and you hope that the players adjust to it accordingly yeah, it's it's going to be better and there's a what I'm really excited about is the number of first year all-stars. Oh yeah, there's a ton of them. It's it's wonderful to see. I mean, starting for the AL is I think it's Cleveland's third baseman Jose Ramirez. Right. Has anyone actually heard of Jose Ramirez? I before? haven't I haven't yeah, until right now. Exactly. Yeah. And he's an all-star starter. For, from the Indians, and that's really cool. So yeah, I, I like seeing that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I really am looking forward to the home run derby, and it's a guilty too. pleasure. I I love the home run derby. I truly do. I we've talked about this before. I wish that they did other skills competitions. I I wish. That oh God! The, yes. The, this is the thing that like. The Home Run Derby is a skills competition, just like the skills competition that the NHL does that is the best part of any All-Star weekend in any sport. It's, oh, yeah, the dunk contest, the three-point contest. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and in the NHL, they do the, you know, the, the hardest shot and uh, you know, the speed skating thing and the passing thing. And, they, and they, in the NFL, no one cares about the Pro Bowl, so right. no one knows. They just don't care about it. It's literally after the season's over. No one cares. So um, it, it's great. You know, in baseball, home run derbies, it's, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, too. It's great. It's fun watching people. I watched the College World Series, the college dude, uh, that was awesome. home run derby the other dude, day. Dude, hit the scoreboard. Twice, dude, hit the scoreboard. 
It was awesome. And so that's what it should be about. But there should be, there are other things that you should be able to do. Uh, how close can an outfielder throw it to home plate? Or how hard, who is the hardest throwing uh, uh, position player on a, off of a mound? And um, who, what pitcher can blow one by what position player could blow one by a hitter and like there are just so many cool things that you could do with baseball it's such a uh, a speed competition between a trade turner and uh and the freeze and oh and the free oh my god that would be amazing like there are just so many cool things that you can do uh in baseball that's a sport so built on skill um an individual skill, and they don't do any of it. It just drives me nuts. Um, it doesn't just have to be the home run derby, is what I'm saying. It should be the home run derby and a farthest throw contest and a speed contest, fastest around the bases, and you know, you can make a whole thing about it about the skills that make baseball important. Um, and so I think that would be uh, an awesome thing to see. Yeah. Um, um, I'm looking forward to the All-Star game. Glad I am too. That the Nationals are getting represented more. Uh, I hope that we find out several people drop out um, and that Anthony Rendon and or Gio Gonzalez get to go as well. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, they deserve to. Um, but it, it'll just matter about... <clears throat> what we have to look at now is you know who started today that was going to start, and so they're not available to pitch, and so they 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 won't go, and so someone else adds, or you know whatever the case may be. So um, you, a few of those will happen over the next twenty four hours, but um, you'd hope, but I'm not optimistic to be honest with you. Yeah, um, certainly not. Yeah, All Star Game, woo. Yeah, look forward uh, to it. Trade the- deadlines coming up. The thing that the one thing that does suck about the uh, the All Star Game, even with all the positive changes they've made, is it really is a week without real baseball. And that like that Thursday, Friday after it, or Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, is just awful. It's devastating. <laughs> yeah, it's you get so used to it in baseball, and to have two days without any baseball at all, there's basically no sports on television. It's awful. Um. So yeah. God uh, bless the Gold Cup. God bless the Gold Cup, which was fun to watch the other day. Um, I was watching it the other day. So, do you have oh, any... by the way, I've been uh, I'm correct about the World Series. By I, I saw that. I saw that uh, Beth said that. Oh, several people. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, Beth. To Jen. my defense. Yeah. Uh, so, I was right. Well done. I was. I did. I did not even know. I learned a thing. Um, so the one other thing, uh, my question before we get to the numerous uh, listener questions that we have. Um, so I was talking about this earlier and I, I came up with this question before we did the podcast and with the incredible individual performances that we've had this year, um, I want to do a mid season prediction of what we're going to see, uh, after the season ends. So how many Nats, Craig, do you think will finish top five in MVP voting? I'm going to say at least two. And who are they? Uh, it's. Daniel Murphy. Yep. And Bryce Harper. Okay. Anthony Rendon would be the third. Yeah. So I, I'll I'll do three with those three to be different because we had the same answer. Of course. Uh, so I'm actually writing this down. Oh hey. Yep. Murph Keep Harper. Be honest. And uh, and Rendon for me. First time for everything except um, for Zim's back, baby. 
And if we, you know, if we were to make it top eight, I would feel confident in those three. Oh, no question. Uh, I think Anthony Rendon, it's solely just the name. Yeah. Like, insider baseball people know Anthony Rendon. They know how good he is. But to the common beat writer, they probably don't know. And to the fan, right? I mean, as seen by all-star voting. (laughs) You know, he, he didn't win the the vote or in any of that stuff, but um, uh, Rendon is, like, even John Heyman tweeted today, like, it is outrageous, this guy is it's not star game. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. He's, like, one of the best players in Major League Baseball. So I think you're right. I think, like, the Baseball Writers Association guys like him enough that he's he's going to get enough votes to be, you know, I, I put him in my top five based on this, but, like, he might end up six. But I think the Nationals are going to be well represented in the top 10 of MVP yeah. voting. If you, okay, and let's do top 10. What do you add top 10? Uh, top 10? How many? I'm going to say uh, for MVP? Yeah. I'm going to say four? Yeah, I, same for me. Of course. Same I'm adding Max Scherzer. Re- oh! Yep. Wow. Okay, so I've got four and I'm adding Zim. Wow. Yep. I'm adding Max Scherzer. Yep. Cool. Noted. Nice. Hey, disagreement. We were different on something. Um, yeah, I think there's a real chance. And then, same thing, how many guys finished top five for Cy Young? Top five, two. You got two. Who? I got two. Scherzer and Strauss. Yep. I got one. It's... Oh, yeah, just just Scherz. Yep. That number one. Yep. Best picture. Yeah, I mean, Scherzer, and I think, and I think he probably wins. But oh, I think he wins hands down. Yeah, yeah, I think he does too. Hands down. I mean, I saw some stats. Uh, I wish I knew who posted it. I would guess it's uh, Ace or Ryan Spader uh, who tweeted it. Something like Max Scherzer in the last. uh, If you take WAR totals. Starting in 2016, he's been the best pitcher in baseball. If you take it starting in 2015, he's been the best pitcher in baseball. 2014, second best pitcher in baseball. 2013, third best pitcher in baseball. Whereas Clayton Kershaw, in 14 and 15, he was first. And then he was second in 2016. And he's, I want to say, third. Yeah, so... that. It's it's the consistency. The consistency is what has changed it for that has made Max Scherzer just, you know, Max Scherzer starts are must watch television because he's legitimately capable of throwing a no hitter every single solitary start or twenty strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, doing something historically good every start. I mean, yeah. he he is that good. He is so incredibly good. Yeah, um, I mean, how many times have we seen in the last two months after three innings? Beat writers are tweeting, Max is doing the thing again, find a TV. Right. And it's the second or third inning. Well, because you just see the stuff, right? Because he's got six strikeouts through two, eight strikeouts through three, ten strikeouts through four. And it's like, holy crap. And it's usually on 50 pitches or less, you know, through four. Yep, totally. And that that he has become so remarkable at that. And that was why um, I wasn't terribly surprised when I put that Twitter poll out um, a couple weeks back when I asked who the you know, the, the best free agent signing in, in, in Nats history was um, that it ended up being Scherzer uh, because there is an argument to be made that it's already an okay deal. <laughs> he, 
he's yes. he's done so much for the team in less than two years or two and a half years or whatever that there's an argument to be made that he's already been worth it. Um, I think I saw that of his, uh, I think he's got a what a $210 million yep. deal. Uh, he's by war already been worth, I want to say 128, $130 million in two and a half years based yeah. on war. Yeah. That's crazy. And you can find that if you've got fan graphs up. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I'm not looking at it right now. Yeah. But that's crazy. So, uh, Max Scherzer, definitely fantastic. Yeah. We are, we are lucky to be able to watch him every five days. That's for sure. Um, any other, uh, addendums you want to add before we get to questions? Uh, I don't think so. Cool. Cool. I think we hit all Toad's the things cool. we wanted to hit. Uh, all right. So we're going to start with a, a few questions here from uh, Steve Nats in New York. Uh, he wants to know, should he be panicking if show in what manner should he panic? Should he panic? Yeah. Should he panic about the state of things? No. Yes. Nationals have a nine and a half game lead in yeah. the division. You make the playoffs. Anything happens after that. They, they need to do other things, but I, I'm confident that they will. And you know what the crazy thing about baseball is? You Let's, might not need to do other things. Yeah. Because the playoffs is a crapshoot. Yes. It's the, could, when is the last time before the Cubs won the World Series last year that the best team in baseball won the World Series? It never happens. The best team never wins the World Series. It, it, yeah. It's always someone who gets hot at the right time. And the Nationals have pitchers in that bullpen who are capable of getting hot at the right time. They do. It's just they're, they haven't shown it through 88 games. Can uh, I real quick jump in with an addendum? Absolutely. Uh, in 2015, Max Scherzer, by war, was worth $51.3 million. Wow. 2016, he was worth $44.9 million. So far, so far, in 2017, Max Scherzer has been worth $35.5 <laughs> million. That's crazy. So you're right, about $120-something million. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. That's like over 130, I believe. Yeah, so. that's, that's crazy. That's a so, lot. So, yeah. Um, another one from Steve. Uh, who should be the number one shortstop when Turner is on the DL? Uh, I think it should be Steven Drew. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, think, I think the difference between Defoe and Drew is a toss-up, to be honest. I don't, I don't think yeah. it matters all that much who, which one In of those two of guys start. In terms of total package? In terms of total package. Okay. Um, I, uh, Drew's bat's better. Drew's bat is definitely better. Defoe's glove is better. Yeah. His but... arm is not measurably better. He is faster. He's bad at base running. You know, like... He's so bad at base there, running. And I think that... Drew, like Drew is is slow, but a decent base runner. His glove is okay. His arm is better. His bat's better. So I I think it's mostly a a toss up for me. Yeah, I think it's a toss two. up. Yeah. I think you want that constant. That oh you're yeah, get from Stephen Drew. Sure, I mean you're going to get from Defoe. You might get a better. Okay, we've talked about this a little bit before. Uh, Defoe's ceiling is higher than Drew's. Right. But I mean, his floor is also way lower than Drew. That's right. I, 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 yeah, if you look at the graph of their performance, like Drew is just like the si- the the size of a fingernail consistent <laughs> across the thing. He's just going to be the same guy. Defoe has hit over 400 over the last 10 days, so you're definitely going to get that, but you're also going to see him go 10 10 days and get three hits. You know, that's that's the difference between the guys. I to- I I agree with that assessment totally. Cool. Um 
Good question. Yeah, great question. Uh, Beard wants to know if we we miss uh, Jason as much as he does. Yes. Yes, very, very much. He, he, he Adam is in, Lind is playing left field. Yes. De- desperately miss him. Uh, a few more from Steve here. Uh, using only safe for, work, safe for work words, explain your thoughts on Rendon not being an all-star. I think we did that pretty yeah, for sure. sufficiently. Uh, I should probably read the question before I start to ask it. Uh, how do we let the Nats know they should never pitch to Freddie Freeman? Yeah. Um, there's a sign. It exists. It, it says, I, step one, get Freeman out. Step two, win. Exactly. That's I, it. I think we should modify the sign. Step one, don't pitch to Freeman. Yeah. Step two. Or let any pitch to him and strike him out every time. Yeah, that's true. Just br- bring in any always when Freeman comes up. That, there might be a, a flaw in that logic. Um, should we trade for a starter? If so, can that starter be marrying Kate Upton? Um, I am questioning the Nats' overall need for a starter. Yeah. Um, obviously, it depends on what really happens with Joe Ross. That's it. If Joe Ross is hurt and legit hurt, the Nats need a starter. But you got to figure the Nationals only really need three starters. Yeah, but going into the postseason, that's the other thing. What is what is getting it? If Joe Ross is hurt, you need a starter. Possibly, yeah. and you're looking at I think a two year, fifty six million dollars for. Justin Verlander. Right. And m- money would have to get eat- eaten in a Verlander deal. The Nationals yeah. are not taking on a $56 million deal over two years. You know, they're, I'm pretty sure they'd have to take 20. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that's what uh, uh, Andrew Flax from the Nats blog was saying. He was kind of saying oh, okay. that, like, you know, if the, the Tigers take 20, you know, then, then the, Justin Verlander, two years, $36 million is a great deal. Yeah. You know, and, you, and, and they should do that, honestly, if, if, if Ross is okay. <laughs> I think there's a, there's an argument to be made that it, that but what does it cost you and people, and and that's also a consideration. You know what do you have to if you no know, if you're trading a couple of low level guys then who cares but just because they want to get rid of the money but I don't think that the Tigers are going to want to do that they're going to want to get something measurable for it. Um, so it depends on the package, uh, but it'd be cool to see Verlander come. I mean that would be a uh, go on. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, it would be cool to see Verlander uh, in DC for sure. Yes, um, but I think there there will be, especially, basically, you're converting Ross or Roark to the bullpen, or you're getting relievers. You know, that, yeah. those are really your two things. Um, Beth wants to know beer recommendations for day games at Nats Park. Um, go to the district drafts and. Just pray they have, like, Mad Fox Kolsch. Oh, yeah, I love the Mad Fox Kolsch. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. I love that beer. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a really nice one. Yeah. I, I, I'm i a fan of... Uh, is this is this Beth... Uh, Beth Rich. Nicer Beth? Beth Richardson, yeah. Oh, Beth yeah. Rich, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, not, not Minnesota Nicer Beth. Okay. Um, uh, I would say, you know, despite the buyout, I, I enjoy the Devil's Backbones. I think I think they're a good a good beer to drink. I, I enjoy their Vienna Lager quite a bit. Yeah, I, I can't get uh, mad at it. The, the Earned Run Ale is tasty. Earned Run Ale is very tasty, and I'm not a hoppy beer guy, but it's good. Uh, she also wants to know how about Sunblock? As many SPFs as you can get. That is Joe's going to say get you a ninety. Yeah, exactly. It's, as it, all bring all of the SPFs to me. I'm going to say don't do the new thing that people are doing, which is putting Coca Cola on your body. <laughs> 
I don't know where I heard that. Where did I hear? I think that? it was wait wait. Was it wait wait? wait? I think it was <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, uh, which is ridiculous that that Coca Cola had to put a statement out to say don't do that. Please don't do that. Yeah, because because Coca Cola eats the protection on your skin. Yes, Jesus. Uh, uh, Steve also. Steve's next question. Murphy, am I right? So yes, I I do want to stick on that for like a a quick second because. That guy is amazing. <laughs> it, yeah. The level of consistency that he has put out has been, I, I can't even believe it. <laughs> well, here's the question for you, Joe. Yeah. He's halfway through his three-year deal. Yep. He's making peanuts. He's making nothing. I'm pretty sure he's making, what, 13 mil a year? Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. 12.5, 13, something like it's Something it's nothing. stupid. Yeah. Ooh, do the Nationals think about extending him? Yeah, it's tough. I, I think that he's young enough that you think about it, but I think he's also... I think Murphy's at that point in his career where he's got one more payday. Yeah. And so I don't think he takes a two- or three-year extension, which is what the Nationals are going to want to give him. Right. I think he's gonna, he, he wants to get a five-year deal in free agency and finally get the payday that he's never gotten in his career, honestly. God, we got to talk about the 2018 free agent class at some point. Yeah, I know. That's going to be a that's going to be a good chat cuz it's which could be a huge benefit to the Nationals because there's going to be more talent on the market than can be paid for everywhere. Oh, there's well there's going to be a lot of talent on the market and that's just going to make the trade deadline next year and in this coming off season, insane. Oh, totally. Because teams are going to be trying to clear up space to sign those folks. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. So anyway, um, and Steve also asks, is there something wrong with Zim recently? Um, and I, I mean, think the Dan asked a similar question for the record. Uh, I think his, uh, launch angle is down. Uh, he's probably just a little worn out. Yeah, I think he's, so too. He's on the wrong side of 30. Right. I mean, and I, I, it, it was the damn. The very next question was Boswell tweeted that Zim's launch angles come down <laughs> to, okay. to his 15, 16 angle. I have, I have not looked at the questions, just so you know. No, I, I, know, I know you haven't. That's why you, you said, hey, I hope Joe's done these questions. Um, I think, I mostly think it's just a regression to the mean situation. Like, Dan's question is, is he regressing to the mean? I think, yes. He, Ryan Zimmerman was never going to finish a year hitting 380. You know, like he's at some point the streak ends, you know, Ryan Zimmerman's a guy who has had some long hit streaks in his career. He's, he's a peaks and valleys hitter. And so I think this is a, the peak was so high, his valley is kind of regressing. Do I think that means he's going to end up down at 270 this year? No, I think he's going to have an above average year for him. But, um, I think that it's just kind of the average coming back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, I think so as well. I think he needs a little bit of a breather. He has not played a full season of baseball in God knows how long. It's been a very long time. That's and true. He, he spent has, a lot of DL time getting rest that he hasn't had this year. Now, I will say Baker has done an amazing job of getting him rest, consistent rest. He's been very consistent with the rest, and I think it's helped. He's done a strange job with that, but that's for another day. Okay, yeah, that is. For he's done day. a good. He's done a good job with it, but some of the choices are baffling. But that's fine. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think some of the choices are baffling for sure. I think that, you know, you don't let Adam Lind play <laughs> unless he's spelling Ryan Zimmerman two days a week personally. But that's a, Yeah, well I, I think there's no reason to bench every single starter twice a week in the same game. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. But when, when you when, when it's a peanuts lineup anyway with, you know. But when you have a double digit lead you could afford to do weird stuff and keep you guys. This fresh. is true. You know, I think that's part of it too. I think more rotation would be better. Yeah. Take two people out instead of five people out. Yeah, it's a it's a good point. Good point. So. Uh the next question, because we answered the dance already, is from uh, uh Amazing Blue Girl. I hope that I'm getting that right. Oh yeah. Um Best seat at Nationals Park. Uh next to me. Oh, good answer. Good answer. Also it's true. It's a great seat. Also true. Yeah. Uh in terms of physical seat, I sat earlier this year uh, directly next to the Nationals dugout by the camera well. Nice. That is the best seat I've ever had at the ballpark. It was my, yeah, incredibly go good. Yeah, my favorite seat I've ever sat in uh, was in the little, I, I guess, technically the handicap area. Oh, yeah, down, down on the bottom. On the third baseline. Yeah. Um, That's a cool seat, too. There's handicap seats, but there's also regular people seats. I mean, wait, that came out wrong. Handicapped people are regular people, but I'm sorry for that. Um, yeah, there's plenty of regular seats. That's the best place I've ever sat. Yeah, for they sure. are. Because you're right there, right up front, but, right on the Oh, just the first seats. baseline, though. I was going to say, are, aren't they now casino seats? But that's first baseline only, right? Oh, that's a fancy name. Yeah, they're like, no, they're, they're literally MGM seats. No oh, dang. Like from the MGM in National Harbor, like... You, they give out the seats. They're black leather. It's very stupid. Um, the Dan wants to know first half MVP. Wow, that's a tough one. Yeah, it's really hard. I've, I've been thinking about it. Um, I think there are... Mm. I mean, you, could, you can make an argument... For several guys, pick one guy. Got to pick one guy. Uh, I'm gonna pick Max. Pick Max Scherzer. God damn it! <laughs> uh, I was definitely picking Scherzer too because every time he pitches, it's much must watch. He's been so good. But uh, I think uh, a very, very, very close second. So I will pick it as my number one is is Murphy. Um, Murphy's been watching him hit has been something else. Um, yeah, that was that was another one for me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and the fact that both of us had top, two top answers that didn't include Bryce Harper shows how good this team is right now mm-hmm. in in terms of consistency. So, um, uh, another one from the Dan: Which reliever is most likely to? Li- I love this question. I laughed out loud when I read it. Which reliever is most likely to literally shart himself on the mound before the season is over? Uh which reliever? Which reliever? It's Blake Trinan. It's definitely oh, wow. Blake Trinan. Wow. I was going to go... I was, I'm going to go say any. Well, <laughs> any just throws the fastball hard many times. Yeah, I know. And it's got to take a lot of effort. So yeah. <laughs> All right. That's fair. I just, I just feel like at some point, Trinan's going to be bl- brought into a, a ninth inning situation and just die. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel so bad for the guy. He's gonna literally pull a Jenny Baker from pitch and take himself out of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's a good reference, but also possible. Um, 
So I think the Dan hit on a similar question to um, one that Dan Guzman asked. And Guzman, we are entering a Guzman tweet storm right now. Beautiful. Which is always fun. So first, what are you drinking? I'm really excited about what I'm drinking tonight. I've got a guest beer tonight. Yes, from the Jacko Beam, right? A gift beer from Jacko Beam, yes. It is from Charlotte-based Noda Brewing. Nice. It is called Coco Loco. Coco Loco. It is a coconut coffee nib porter. Wow. It is. It was very good on my first sip, and then it got even better as it warmed up. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. That sounds delicious. We, and, uh, and I don't like coconut, he, but that he, sounds delicious. He's getting a six-pack of his own in the mail tomorrow. Ah, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I'm headed down to Charlotte in November to my friend's wedding, and I, I hope to be hanging out with the Jacko Bean. It'll be fun. Still never met him. That's amazing. I know. <laughs> the, the Internet's a fun place. It sure is. Uh, I am drinking a three-notched Weissenbach. It is nice. okay. <laughs> it is an average beer. Yeah. Uh, doesn't doesn't do too much, but um, it is weighty. So yeah, it's got some body to it. It does. It's got some wheat. <laughs> nice. Uh, so another. Yep. This is the the repeat repeat question, at least in part. Uh, who are your most valuable and least valuable players? No pitchers for either so far. So we hit most valuable. Who's least valuable? Least valuable player. Least valuable Washington Nationals player cannot be a pitcher because. That would be easy. <laughs> well, actually, that might also be difficult. But yeah, uh, most valuable player, uh, Danny Murphy. Right. So we're on, we're the same on that answer. Least valuable is definitely Jose Lobaton. Yeah, it, yeah, it has to be Lobes. There's. I mean, I, I want to pick someone else, but there's not another candidate. I like. He, there's just like you could. I guess you could say Heisey, but he's also been hurt. So. Yeah. You know, I, I have trouble. He's been great when he's not. Yeah, right. He uh, probably has more hits this season than Jose Lobato. Um, who I'm pretty sure has maybe has his 10th hit by this point. I can tell you in a second. I, yeah. I can tell you that Heisey has a lower war than Lobes. Okay. Uh, I just find it staggering. Well, Lobaton probably also has pitch framing into that. Oh, good point. Um, um, so I'm guessing that... Uh, no, Heisey has four hits this year. <laughs> four. He's not been... He's hitting a buck 22. <laughs> Lobatone, who has played in... Uh, has had f- four times as many at-bats as Heisey, has uh, 11 hits. <laughs> hey, he finally broke the 10 mark. So he's also been V-bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Nationals should... Uh, Take a gander at Miguel Montero. Who is yeah, no kidding, right? Thumbs. Because the dude hits. Yeah, he hits. <clears throat> uh, he does. He also gets mad at pitchers, but, you know, who doesn't? That's fine. Yeah. The Cubs pitchers I can't hold people either. For the record, I, um, I think that FP had a valid point on this. He was 100% right, but you don't say it in public. Yeah, he was right, but don't say it in public. But he also said, like, we're trying to get our, our players to be more honest, and then when they're honest, they get cut. And so, yeah. like, I think that's a totally valid point. Like, That's fair. We could either have our players be honest and say what they want to say, or we can cut them when they break rules. Like, I don't know. It's, it's a valid point that FP made, for sure. So we're going to we're, we're gonna have to move more quickly than we have been. 
uh, on a scale of one least likely to 100 most likely, what are the odds Harper's in that in 2019? Uh, less than 50. 30 is what I have. Yeah, I was going to say probably around there. <laughs> yeah. Less than 50 for yeah. sure. I'd say about a 30, I, 30%. I say. really don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it will either. I think it's very unlikely. I think the money exists in other organizations, but I'd say 30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I love this question. Following my uh, GIF today, the f- best classic Looney Tunes Merry Melody characters. Okay, do I have a list of characters to choose from? No. Wow. I, I, okay, so I've got... I, I'm a Roadrunner Wiley Coyote guy. I love it. I love it. It's fun. I loved it as a kid. Um, you, you can't dislike Elmer Fudd. Uh, uh, is Foghorn Leghorn a thing? He is my third because just the accent. <laughs> I, I literally wrote down three. I can verify them right now. Roadrunner, Elmer Fudd, Foghorn Leghorn. So we're the same on that. Uh, and and uh, uh, Guzman's better half takes him to the Bugs Bunny Film Festival every Valentine's Day. That it's, is the cutest thing I've ever heard. I am so glad you're marrying him. <laughs> it's so good because that's incredible. Uh, which Nat non-pitcher must be put in bubble wrap because we're screwed if he gets seriously hurt. Which, repeat the question. Which Nat non-pitcher must be put in bubble wrap because we're screwed if he gets hurt? Um, I think it's, I think it's Bryce Harper. I think it's Anthony Rendon. Yeah, I don't think it's Anthony Rendon as much Yeah, I, as I'm... Bryce Harper. Because right. outfield is slim anyway. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, that's and you a good can point. have Defoe and Drew plays a good third base. Yep, that's a that's totally valid. But Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper is the outfield. The right only now. one in the outfield. Yeah, yeah. He is the angel in the outfield, Joe. Well, well done, sir. Where's Danny Glover? <sighs> Why did He's no up one on the foul pole? <laughs> Last question. Well, not really, but kind of. <laughs> Why did no one see the Ryan Sons coming? Like, how did literally no one predict? Oh, how dare this question <laughs> exist in my face? Oh, so good. Uh, I don't have any time for this question. Next. La- actual last question prediction for Zim's second half. Um, second half solo? Like, just his second half or total? Like, Well, what's your prediction for the second half? I'm, I'm going to say where he's going to finish because I don't want to do the math. Okay, I'm just going to throw out some numbers then. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to hit around 280. I think he's going to hit eight bombs in the second half. That's it, huh? Yeah. You think, you think he's cooled off significantly? I think, I mean, that's not a significant cool off. That's a good number of home runs. Uh, yeah. That still puts him at, you know, what? 27, close, close to 30, yeah. Close to 30. Home runs? Yeah. I mean, average out for the year, 280 is a great batting average. You're, uh, so you're not saying he's going to finish the year at 280. You're saying he's going to no, hit 280 no, no. I'm in the saying second, second half. half alone. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. I'll, I'm, I'm uh, not... I think he's going to hit another, I don't know, 15 doubles. Yeah. But I think he's going to hit more doubles than home runs for sure by a long shot. I think he's oh, I think that's true too. I think that's that true for sure. power going because... Um, he's going to need to adjust, and I think him getting a little break is going to be good. But yeah. I think he's going to—I think he's going to be pretty good. I think, I think he'll be very good. good. Yeah, I think he'll be. I fine. think that's good. Um, 
Jen wants to know who's going to win the home run derby. The answer, if you ever pick someone that's not Giancarlo, you're crazy. Uh, I'm going to go pick Aaron Judge. Are you really, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that, that'll be a fun matchup. I, yeah. Giancarlo in Miami. You just got to, you know, I had to go with it. Uh, Fang wants us to script out a pre- plot for a president's race, which we'll have to do at another show. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a weird one. Favorite moment for the first half from Beard? Favorite first half moment? Anthony Rendon. Just Anthony Rendon existing? The game. The game. Oh, the game. Oh, good call. That's really yeah. good. That's really good. Uh, I was just going to say every time Max Scherzer starts. Nice. I, it's just, it's been that good. And then uh, uh, Vandy Girl Jen wants to know um, predictions for a second half breakout player, which is a great Second question. half breakout player, okay. Um, I think Weeders is going to have a better second half. Um, we got to stop doing this. I don't think that's a breakout. Yeah. I don't think there can be really an option for breakout. I mean, who, who that's going to be starting a month from now isn't already broken out. I don't I think mean, anyone's been, I don't think anyone besides Weeders has qualified for a breakout. Right, right. Because there have I mean, been too many people that have been too good, like with, with Taylor and Goodwin and then obviously the All-Stars and, you know, I, I just don't think there are enough people that could qualify for it. Defoe's, I mean, even the pitching staff. Geo has been phenomenal. Yep. Uh, I d- Strasburg, I, obviously. Scherzer, obviously. I don't know that I believe Roark's turning it around this year. I don't think you can really say a relief pitcher is going to be a breakout. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I don't know who they're, who the real options are outside of Matt Wieters. Yeah, I, 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 that was my thought process there, too. Uh, nice. Frank Nationals 101 wants to know, how sustainable is the offense? Or another way, can the Nats keep scoring like this? Uh, they absolutely can, because the NL East is a dumpster fire. Yeah, I think they can, I think they can keep scoring like this through the regular season. I totally think they can. The postseason's another bear. We talked about that earlier. But I think they can. I don't think they've shown us that they couldn't through more than half the year. So, uh, Beard wants to know what we think the Nationals All-Star Game jerseys will look like next year. Uh, not very good. Yeah, they're going to be ugly red, white, and blue. I, uh, I don't know. I think they're going to be simple. Well, uh, I, no, I don't think – I'm not saying they'll be like red, white, and blue flags or anything. I'm saying that there will be all three colors incorporated yeah. in both jerseys because uh, – Yeah, I think they're going to be um, – Like a blue simple. national red American situation. I would really like them to be stylized like the home and away jerseys. I think there's a real opportunity there for the home all-star uniform or whatever to be – White with the little pinstripe down with the national team. across in, in script. No, not not nationals or any. I mean, I don't know exactly how they do it. <laughs> well, Probably. I, I think that would be cool to like you said the home away like the traditional white gray home away, but then yeah. like get a, get a take a, a beat off the actual jersey and just not nationals but national across the the front and then American across the other one. I think yeah. I think that would that could be potentially really neat. Yeah, but it's going to be hideous and it's going to be stupid and we're all going to hate it, but we're all going to like be excited about it. Yeah. I'll probably buy one. Yeah. Um, Feng wants to know about the offense through August to September and October, but also you know, so we already answered that. But also wants to know what makes us feel that way. But I, I feel like we hit that too. You know. Yeah, for sure. Consistency. 
Uh, we Fang also wants to know about beer recommendations. Hit that too. Uh, for the park or in general? For the game. Um, I suggest drinking some. Yes, he he does specify day versus night game, but you know. Okay. It, it's, I mean, it's 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 really up to you, man. It's it, your own it's your own tastes. Also, it's summer in Virginia. The weather's not that different day and night. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot. That's true. And humid. Drink something you like. Uh, least surprising performance of the first half from Stephen Yates. Least surprising. Least surprising performance. Max Scherzer. That's a good one. I'm going to go with Daniel Murphy based on last season. Yeah. It's been, like, the exact same numbers. Uh, Frank wants to know if we're going to HSI Field Day at National Youth Baseball Academy and participating in the Blogger Softball Challenge, which I didn't know was a thing until right now. That sounds fun. I, I would I would love to play some softball, yeah. but I didn't know it existed. So uh, I might have one less finger by that point. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that after the music. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Nat's teacher wants to know from uh, what she understands the NLD away team next year. Is that right? Does that mean the, for the, what does that mean for the jerseys color wise? It's a great question. I would assume that's accurate because they're doing NL to NL parks back to back, but also it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't count. So they might not actually change it. It should, it should still be the national, the the national league should be home next year. I would assume. Yeah. Uh, Because it doesn't count for anything. They'll just double up. Yeah. And yeah, double up American League or something afterwards. Uh, uh, Jason, I favorited this because it was good because it was a good tip. Fingers crossed for an Expos shout out with some pinwheel hats for the All Star game, oh, uh, which would be great. Crazy. It won't happen, but yeah. it would be great. <laughs> uh, Ryan Sullivan wants to know what we're drinking. We answered that, and also best catchphrase in that's podcast nation. Why is it NatsGM dot com? Um, that's a very good question, but we don't have a catchphrase. No, what, who has the best catchphrase? Yeah, I know. It would be us if we had one. If we had one, but we don't, we don't have one. It's got to be the, the Baron of All Baseball podcasts. I mean, is there any other podcasts? Uh, actually, uh, big shout out to Resting Pitch Face. Oh, yeah. Because that's just brilliant. Yeah, that's Sorry. Amazing. Sorry, the Baron. Yeah. Like, yours is good, that, but. That is a very good podcast name. Resting pitch face is fantastic. Yeah, agreed. Um, and the last question of the evening comes from our friend Minnesota Nicer Beth. Uh, somewhat meta, but why did we start a po- decide to start a podcast? What do we like about podcasting versus, say, blogging? So we we originally started a blog. Um, yeah, Craig and I did a blog together that we started back in 2010 called Capital Baseball, and. Um, from that it was earlier than that dude was it nine i think it was nine yeah it might have been nine i think that might be right um and then oh yeah you're right it definitely was nine um and then in 2011 when i left capital baseball to take over the nats blog from will yoder uh craig and his brother sean took over capital baseball and that's when craig and i decided to um finally do the podcast we had been talking about it for years actually yeah uh, and finally got around to like, okay, we have a platform to do it. And I think it was ultimately, you know, we've known each other for what, for 20 years now. 20 years now. And uh, we talk like this when we don't hit the record button. So we decided to hit the record button and see if anybody cared about it. D- is that right, you think? That's pretty darn accurate. Yeah, I mean, I don't think and there was a whole I... lot of thought process behind it besides that. I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> that is true. I, I 
hate the sound of mine. Yeah. So it works. It works well together. Um, I yeah, I don't think there's too much more than that. I I think the podcasting is a cool medium because you can you can express yourself in a way that you can't in blogging. Um, and I I I still technically run a fairly sizable blog and. Um, I still write occasionally and I like that, but it's a totally different form of communication. Um, and the way that you have to communicate on a blog is different. And I think in a podcast, you have a conversation with people and in the case of the way that we do it, and I think it's the best thing that we have ever done in the history of our show, which is do it live and you get a whole different kind of interaction. And even when you don't do it live, having questions, you know, you could just address issues differently. Um, and you can get people and you talk about other things, you know, in a podcast, it's like I have a top or I'm sorry, in a blog, I have a topic and I'm going to write, you know, five or 600 words about that topic and then I'm done. And then maybe some people will click it. But on a podcast, like you're subscribing to that show, you're probably listening week in, week in and week out. I certainly do with all the podcasts that I subscribe to. And, you know, you create a dialogue that's not strictly like here is the topic and here are my thoughts on the topic. Um, and I like that. It's a little bit more uh, existential, I guess. Which wow. I, which I like. That's really deep. I like podcasts. Yeah, I, I love podcasts. <laughs> you you listen to more than me, even. I listen to a million podcasts. Yeah. I have a, my subscribe list is probably north of 35 podcasts, I would say. Oh, my God. I would never be able to finish all of those. Yeah. I, I spend a lot of time in the car. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. No, I love podcasts, and I really, like Joe said, the medium is really neat. Um, I'm particularly the person that I can communicate well uh, writing. I think I'm a decent writer. I'm not fantastic, but I usually am able to get my point across. But uh, personally, I understand better uh, tone. I'm big on tone. I'm big on inflection. Uh, and that's something that you can't get in writing. Uh, yeah, so. it's certainly a lot more difficult to get in writing. And that's why my, with my writing style, I write very conversationally because I'm the same way. I, you know, I think it's how you say the words. Um, and it, that you, you could do that to some extent with writing. And I think I do with my writing cause I write just how I do this show. But mm-hmm. also, like you said, the intonation of the voice and volume and everything makes a huge difference. Yeah. I'm much more. Uh, obviously, those of you that have ever listened to the show before uh, or met me, uh, I'm very informal. Right, um, right. I like conversations. I like talking to people. Uh, and this Gee, is what we you're, you're not a sales manager or anything. No, certainly not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love conversations. I love talking to people. I'm all about it. And when we started this podcast, uh, the ultimate goal when we started was to literally, as Joe said, hit record on the conversations that we're having already. Well, and exactly. That was yeah. it. It was, we were having these conversations and for so long we kept saying, man, we should record these, you know? And then it was like, finally we decided to record them. And I think for, for both of us, you know, we've been friends for so long and as you get older, it's hard. I think it was like a way to, I mean, at the beginning and when we were being consistent was a way to carve out two hours to get to hang out once a week. And, yeah. and chat, you know what I mean? Because we talk a little before, a little after. And, you know, we're very close friends. So it's, that, that's a benefit as well. 
and we do promise to be in your feed more. Yeah, we were talking about that season. before the show for sure. And we're going to we're going to get this podcast into your feed more often. It's been a it's been very very hectic uh in in our lo- collective lives over the last few months and just happened to coincide at the beginning of the season. So I know that we've I think been in your feed like two or three times all year, which if you looked at what we did in 2016, you know that's not our style. It's just we've had some things come up. So uh, thanks for bearing with us, and we're looking for to have the two of us be in your feed more often, and maybe have some contingency plans to to get some new episodes, even if it's not the two of us. So you know, stay tuned for that. There's, yeah. there's your there's your end of episode tease. Absolutely, but you will see Nat's talk on the go in your feeds more often in the second half of the season. We promise. Um, we will be interacting more on Twitter, uh, especially in those times when. Uh, the podcast might not be out. Right, exactly, exactly. We, we Again, we, we really thrived at that in 16, but we've had a lot of changes since then. So um, personal changes, I should say. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out, we promise. And yeah. thanks for your patience. Thanks for your support, especially to you special ops members. We know we owe some of you some things, and uh, uh, some of you need to get back in contact with us so we can send you some things. And But we, for mo- mostly, we just appreciate your support. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and stay honest. We love hearing, hey, where's the show? <laughs> yeah, totally. The more we get people that say, you know, after a few weeks, like, hey, where's the show? Joe gets guilty. Oh, I do get guilty. I'm, I have such Irish former Catholic guilt. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah, he's got, like, the double whammy. It's really bad. It's so bad. So Yeah, and liberal guilt. Oh, yeah, I've just got the trifecta of guilt. Yeah. So I do respond to guilt. Just please don't take advantage of it. Okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I think that might uh, that might do it for this episode, Craig. You, Question mark. You, I'm you, Ron Burgundy. Are, are you you good to end episode 151? 152. Oh, 151. 152. Yes. I think I think I posted sure. it wrong. Yeah, I think you and you and Ryan were 151. Yes, we were. Yeah, so I think this is 152. This has just been wrong the whole episode. Nice, sweet. Uh, well, thanks for listening to episode 152 of Nat Stock on the Go, uh, and we will catch up with you guys hopefully very 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 soon. And enjoy your all-star break. Thanks for listening to Nat's Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page. Or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nat's Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats!